0: Welcome to Winning is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Today, we've got a bonus episode for you. I've had such a wonderful time getting to know University of St. Thomas men's basketball coach John Tower that I felt compelled to invite a guest who could verify if he's as sharp and kind and interesting as he comes across. Let's Let's get to it. John Tower is one of the most high-profile coaches in Minnesota, not only because of his stellar track record as the head men's basketball coach at the University of St. Thomas, but dating back to his days as a standout baseball and basketball player at Creighton Durham Hall but Tower is one half of one of the most powerful couples in the state, thanks to his marriage to Chancy Anderson Tower. She's the founder of Prodeo Academy, an independent network of schools that serves a diverse population of students from pre-K through eighth grade. What's more remarkable about Chancy is the fact that she's continued working while battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and cancer. I'm excited for you to hear some of her experiences around sports and her unique insights on her husband. I am so happy to have as my guest Chancy Anderson Tower. Chancy, thank you so much for joining me.
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, Chancy, I think the timing of this is pretty amazing, but you were recently named among Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal's 40 under 40. Congratulations. What was it like receiving that news?
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I'm I'm definitely very honored and very humbled. Um, it's obviously a recognition of Pradeo Academy, which is a school I co-founded along with Rick Campion. But there are many people who have been with us um, and those both in the first couple of years and then who joined along the way and helped make it what it is, including parents and students and families. So, while well, well I am definitely honored. It's an accomplishment and product of many people. Um, so, I am hopeful and excited that this will help bring our school um, more recognition and yeah.
0: Your your answer is fitting because that's very much the same way I think your husband John would approach a big award like that as well. Well, Chancy, tell me a little bit about your youth sports experience.
1: Uh, I played softball mostly. My family wasn't actually a very big sports family, and so I. I, when I was able to try other sports, I tried them really late. So I played basketball for the first time in eighth grade, which was obviously too late to start basketball. I, this is kind of funny. I loved it. And so I practiced We had a basketball hoop in our driveway, which who even knows how tall it was. I'd stand in our driveway and like, shoot, you know, what I thought were free throws every day. I was like a big, I like, that's how I rolled. I practiced, 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 hoping to make the ninth grade team in like this 2000 kid high school. Uh, and surprise, surprise, I did not make the ninth grade team so that was the end of my basketball career um, but I played softball uh, since fifth grade, So I played softball through high school and my parents were supportive uh, my dad like helped coach at some points in little league and my mom was supportive too they came to games but we're realistic like we all knew that sports weren't weren't going to be getting us anywhere but it was fun
0: so most of the people that I have had the pleasure of having on the podcast really grew up loving sports and sports being a big part of their life. I guess somebody who had a more measured approach to sports, what would be your perspective on this sort of crazy sports culture that we have just all over this country?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm in kind of a funny place it's I I really love sports I would have played a sport every season if I had really realized they were a thing I would have wanted to do it I think from a much younger age, I was really fortunate that my parents let me do a lot of different things. I played piano and violin and sang in choirs and, you know, and so I, and, and then also had the sports piece. And so I think it gave me a really balanced approach, but really a strong appreciation for sports and activities. Mm-hmm. I think they're so important for kids. I, you know, you learn a lot by understanding what you're good at and understanding what it means to work hard understanding what it means to be part of a team and play as a part of that team and it's healthy, right? So, I I think if I were to change anything I'd probably want to have done done more and played more you know just being married to John and and with him I think I'm always really impressed at the way that he approaches sports especially since it's his profession and has just given such a healthy outlook to to his kids and to our family
0: You know chancy listening to your answer really reminds me of this wonderful quote from a documentary called in search of greatness one of the people featured it highlights wayne gretzky and jerry rice but one of the people that really stood out to me was sir ken robinson And I want to read you this quote, and I would love to get your perspective on this quote as an educator and as as a person married to an elite basketball coach. Sir Ken Robinson says, People have immense deep talents that are so often overlooked by the systems that are designed to educate them or take care of them. It's like the earth's natural resources. They're much deeper than we realize. There are multi-various factors on whether people achieve what they achieve and when they achieve them. And the ones we know about are the ones whose talent come to fruition because the conditions prove to be favorable. But how many other people could achieve similar things if the conditions are right? How many Mozarts and Gretzkys are out there? We just don't know. And what I love about that and just reading about your school, I mean, that's really at the heart of what Pradeo is, is trying to make education accessible to all, right? And then really empowering people to find their greatness. Yeah. What did you think of that quote from Sir Ken Robinson?
1: I absolutely love that quote. I mean, it's exactly right, right? We talk about the opportunity gap and the access gap to education. Uh, We know that kids are served differently across the country, but the, the experiences they have and by the way that systems are set up, uh, obviously, our school's working to change that. And I think as an educator and I think as parents, right, we're thinking about those things all the time. What do our students have access to? What can they explore? How many, how many sports can we get in front of them? What kind of music can we get in front of them? What If they can excel in math or reading or science, how can we foster a love of those things? You know, we're thinking about that, I think, both in education and, and at school. But I, I definitely think that that quote is really profound as you think about all access.
0: So I wanted to ask you this and I want to be very clear on this. Your husband, John, what has impressed you most about Coach Tower?
1: Uh, well, a lot of things, really. I mean, candidly, I can be very critical, I think, in a good way around people who work with youth and the way that people work with youth. And uh, And John and I do tease each other a lot. Um, but, in all seriousness, a key like he, he really is incredible he is able to be honest with kids and hold them accountable and hold them to high standards while also showing them love and support, which I think is a really tricky balance. He's positive and funny and self-deprecating and authentic. And I think all of these things are incredibly important when working with youth. Um, And then he also is logical and operates from that place rather than an emotional place. I think this is helpful in uh, helping um, the young people he works with to, to trust and understand what he's doing and that the decisions he's making aren't personal he is not vindictive. He doesn't hold a grudge either in coaching or in life, which I think is a brilliant quality in a person, but also a strong, strong quality in a coach and leader. And then I I think also he focuses on what his players can control. And again, I'm not a basketball person, but I've understood that if someone takes a shot and misses it, but if it was a good shot, then he isn't upset because what they're doing is the right thing. And I think, again, being from a place of like teaching, teaching kids, teaching young people, I guess they're not kids, what they, what they should be doing. And I think he's fabulous at what he does. I think he's, he sees the bigger picture and helps young people grow. He's a fabulous coach, and it really is cool to watch.
0: Most people see all the glamorous parts of college basketball, but what's something that isn't so glamorous that you see from your unique vantage point?
1: It is so much work. Uh, I think that people definitely see this, the side of coaching that is, you know, in the moment and. You know, energetic and has your adrenaline going, but he is always working like always, right? So, he's either coaching or thinking about coaching or thinking about recruiting or planning practice or talking through strategy or texting recruits or texting coaches or on the phone with coaches or on the phone with recruits. So, we'll even go on walks, like walk to get coffee, just to hang out, and he'll spend the whole time talking about strategy if I let him. But he loves it, and that's important, and I think the good thing is I understand it because I love what I do, and I probably, like, spend an equal amount of time talking and thinking about work, so I definitely feel lucky to be with somebody who both supports what I do and then is equally passionate about what they do, so my work is a part of who I am, and his work is a part of who he is. And so anyway, people see the coaching part, but they don't see how much work it takes to really be excellent at it.
0: What is the strength of John's as a coach that isn't so much fun to deal with at home?
1: That's so funny because honestly, his strengths as a coach are fun at home, right? He has a ton of energy and he's up for doing things and he likes to be active and he's logical and he doesn't often get in bad moods. Like He's a really positive person and really fun to be around. I can tell you something that is not a strength as a coach that's also not a strength at home. (laughs) And that is his timeliness. I don't think that will surprise anybody to hear that. Uh, my friends tell me it's karma because I've always been the late one in our group, but he brings it to a whole new level. So, and I, I think certainly it's worse at home than it is at you know work. Of course he's on time to games and things, but um, when he says five minutes at home, we all know it's gonna be at least 30. Um, i've given him lots of strategies to try not to be late, like you know underestimate but none of it works it, it is <laughs> he runs on his own clock, but uh something that would surprise people maybe is that he can 't cook uh like anything. <laughs>
0: I mean, grilled cheese, mac and cheese, ramen.
1: This is real. I sent him to the store to get beef and like beef and broccoli, like beef for stir fry, for like beef and broccoli stir fry. And he came back with corned beef, like the lunch meat. Like I was incredulous. Yes. Like it's inexplicable. Like uh, if I ask him to make a quesadilla, he'll be like, how long do I cook it on each side? I'm like, until like he doesn't have a sense of, yes, anything. So, he's one of the smartest people I know, like truly he is. And then with cooking, he's like the opposite opposite of smart.
0: So my next question for you is, why is it important for you and John to be so intentional about helping and serving others?
1: Honestly, I think we're similar in the way that we see the world. I don't know. I don't think we think of what we're doing as helping people per se. Right. I've heard it said once that you found your vocation when you find where your passion and talents meet the needs of the world. And so I think there are many ways in which we can all make the world better. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I think that's how we see the world. If we can make the world better in some way, right, like that, that's the point. I mean, you do it through through journalism and through telling people stories and getting information out to people, right? Um, John loves coaching and that gives him life. And I think he's making a positive impact on young people, but I also see how they make a positive impact on him. Uh, And then I feel the same way about what I do. I love what I do. There's a need in education because of the inequity, but I get so much joy from what I do. Um, I love innovation. I love the people I work with. Our families are incredible. Students are incredible. So I feel like we're lucky. When I was 22, I had a data entry job as I was waiting for this teaching position to start. And it was the only job I've ever had my entire life where it was from nine to five exactly with a lunch break, and uh, 15-minute breaks, and it was the least I've ever worked, and it is the most miserable I have ever been in work, ever. I would almost cry thinking about going back to work because it was so boring.
0: But it gave you good perspective, right, to know that that's not what you wanted for yourself.
1: It definitely did. I mean, I've pulled 80-hour work weeks, and I've never been as miserable as working a dead-entry job, so I think, yeah.
0: You founded Prodeo Academy, which opened in 2013. Now, of course, I'm wise enough to know that you didn't start working on Prodeo in 2013, but that's another story. What inspired you and your co-founder to start this school?
1: Yeah, I taught for 10 years before Rick and I started Prodeo. uh, And I've always been interested in serving kids who are traditionally underserved, like closing the, the gap, the equity gap in education. And I went to public school my whole life, and I truly did not know when I went to public school that public schools were not equal. I thought everybody had, and I naively thought everyone had access to the same free education. Um, however, like obviously we know that they don't, and educational access actually perpetuates racism and justice. So And then we also know families are trusting schools to educate their children that we're failing them. So that's why we started Prodeo, to be able to provide access to education to all families because we believe all families deserve a strong and free education.
0: John's job is so visible and he works hard, but how does John support your work at Prodeo Academy?
1: Yeah, I feel really lucky to have a partner who so strongly supports my work. He never gets frustrated by how much I'm working and he's genuinely happy for my success and the success of Prodeo. When you're so involved in your work the way we both are, I think it's hard to find a partner who supports that and doesn't feel threatened by it or frustrated. John and I both ask for, I think, and give each other advice consistently because I think we enjoy thinking through and solving difficult problems in our respective areas. So he supports me through partnership and moral support, and then he also just talks really positively about others, about me and about my work. It's really, I think I always, often feel touched when I hear him talking about um, what I do. And then, you know, of course, as a charter, we receive less funding than district schools. So we have a significant amount of fundraising to do every year. And he also has helped me strategize about how to get the word out there about supporting Purdeo. And um, he really is so supportive of what I do. He's such a good partner for me.
0: Well, Chancey, thank you so much for joining me as a guest on Winning Is Not Everything. And I look forward to getting to know you better in the future.
1: Thank you. Same to you. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and share this podcast. Also, feel free to reach out to me through my website, seankjensen.com. Remember, winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.